Hey everybody, Jason the Angry Wargamer here, and I just wanted to say thank you to everybody who supported us on Kofi after the last episode. If you want to check it out, go to beacons.ai slash angrywargamer, and all of our links are right there. Listen to this new episode. You'll like it. Welcome, everybody, to another Angry Wargamer podcast. I am your host, Jason, the Angry Wargamer, and we have um, Drew and Leah. No Lando, because Lando skipped out on us again. <laughs> no, no, he's still here. He's just muted and sleeping. So he's he, he's our Rip Van Winkle on this podcast. <laughs> we'll see when he wakes up. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The problem is, is that uh, he um, he drove all the way to my house and then figured out that we were remote and then had to drive all the way back home. So there's that. <laughs> He's probably mad at us because he, he he wasted gas getting all the way out here. It's rough. To be fair, I thought I had to go somewhere tonight, too. And then Drew messaged me and said, no, you can. Skype from the comfort of your own home. Yep. Like, that is vastly preferable to whatever's out there. I'm not making you drive out to Jason's house. That's an hour-long drive for you, no. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 to top it off, I don't have an actual fourth microphone yet. Um, and do I? Now I need to check. I know I at least have three for sure. So a fourth one would have caused a problem. So someone would, <laughs> somebody would have been having to share... Like microphones. <laughs> so, there's that. <laughs> and and the other issue is I haven't figured out how do you set up a monitor yet. So with the voice call, I can hear everything because I have the monitor headphones in. But like if Drew and Lando were here, we wouldn't be able to hear what was going on on the call. So or I I would be the only one. Which makes things oh, okay. really awkward, because <laughs> then it's like I'm talking, and then like nobody knows if anybody else is on the phone talking or, yeah, you know, <laughs> issues. So, um, before we get into the how's everybody doing, what's everybody been up to, let's go with the this is our end of year show. Um, we've made it another year, um, more content this year. We had, um, I pulled the Spotify, was it Spotify? I pulled the Spotify records, and um, we have almost 4,000 minutes of content. That's awesome. Yeah, so we've been putting in a lot of work this year, and this this is actually, we're ending on our 50th episode, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep, this will be our 50th episode. So we hit another milestone right at the end of the year with a bunch of uh, new followers and thanks for following us, everybody. And uh, yeah, so uh, things are going to be just a little bit different. Not, not too crazy, but yeah, it's our end of year. Now, how's everybody doing? <laughs> I'll go ahead. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I've uh, been doing pretty good. Uh, what I've been doing lately um, is I've been teaching classes at a local library. Uh, a lot of arts and crafts stuff. Um, 
and it's been really cool to be able to get together with the kids in person again uh, because for about a year I was making videos for their YouTube channel uh, just five minutes you know relatively simple and straightforward uh, but it is cool to actually see them get into it that's what I've been doing awesome um I started a new job last this week or last week I guess would be the better word um loving it so far two days in and they seem particularly overjoyed the fact that I came back after the first day which I guess is a positive a positive thing I, I didn't really think too much on it apparently apparently having work ethic is just one of those things that just doesn't exist anymore I don't know that's crazy I, I I'd rather I'd rather they you know get rid of me because they didn't like me, not me just leave because the job is too difficult. I'd rather you know find out the job's something insurmountable, and if I can't get past it, just leave for that reason. It's not like I don't have a fallback plan, regardless. But yeah, I, I other than that, um, kind of filling out some of my uh, singles uh, for my binder, just some older cards that I used to own that I kind of wanted to have back in my collection. As far as gaming's concerned, um, uh, haven't really done much in-person gaming, but because I'm literally going to be working next to an LGS or near an LGS, I'll probably do more Commander in person on Thursdays, and I don't have to pay a dime to do it. And because I get paid weekly, that means I probably can get some of that delicious prize support, which would be nice. Nice. Uh, other than that, I picked up most of the singles for uh, Innistrad, Crimson Vow. I grabbed my usual fat pack of, which you know comes with the poster and the lands and all that other crap. I think I have almost a full uh, short box of foil basic lands now. It's mildly upsetting. I don't really use them, plus they <laughs> pringle so quick. They pringle so quickly. I don't even really want to interact with them because I don't want to put them in a deck and have them like fly away like a hang glider. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's the literally how it would happen rolling <laughs> in a specific level of uh humidity so oh. goddamn shiny starly fuck what the yeah, fuck right. <laughs> and i thought you were sleeping holy shit no, i was i was awake the entire time okay <laughs> i was i i logged in i had to Put in my phone to charge, and while everybody was wondering whether or not I would ever respond, I just decided, you know what? Fuck it. Let's see how this goes. <laughs> <laughs> and then Drew predicted, oh, he's probably just fucking around. I'm like, God damn, he knows me too well. <laughs> but, you know, nice. let's, just feed, let's just feed it in a little more. Let him, let him go into the podcast for a little bit before I decide to pull everyone from under the rug. Oh, Orlando. Comedic timing. So, do you really think I'm going to miss it despite my exhaustion? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I just didn't want you to drive into a fucking tree on the way home. I almost did. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for, thank you for confirming my fears, not assuaging them. <laughs> nice. For fuck's sake. So anyway, um, yeah, just I'm just trying to get back to what I was doing, and then I can pass to Orlando. Um, <laughs> derailing shit over there, my goodness. Um, 
Um, yeah, so, I mean, nothing MTG-related coming up that I have to worry about. I might start picking up some of those D&D uh, source books for MTG, like Theros, and uh, I think Strixhaven actually came out recently, so I want to get my hands on that. Strixhaven came out last week. Awesome shit. And uh, thanks to Leah, I now have a gift for a, for a friend, so that's nice. So I got one off the list. Yep, I had extra um, drawings slash art books that are related to anime and manga, and I was like, hey, I could pass these on to somebody who could use them. And Drew popped up and was like, that would be me. So it worked out great. Fantastic. All right, Lando, what have you been up to other than shiny hunting and failing? <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, shiny fucking Starly fan. That's a load of bullshit. I'm starting to hate this game. You haven't even started yet. No. That's the fucking problem. Uh, Lando's literally the epitome of that one scene in The Simpsons where they're at that uh, private uh, suburban area where the teacher comes up and goes, all right, kids, take out your circle of paper. Maybe we'll finally be able to get through the letter A today. <laughs> <laughs> Just sitting there. He's like, I refuse to leave letter A until something specific happens after 10,000 fucking tries. No, I feel like I feel like groundskeeper Willie's rival, Seamus, when Principal Skinner tells him, hey, we won't need you for your speech anymore. And I get pissed off at the Starly. This is your doing, Willie. I'll turn your groin into pudding. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so, yeah, I've been working 72-hour shifts. Technically 80, because today I work too, so... Um, funny story. So one of this, so this old guy started working in the company for like a last couple of weeks, right? But all this old guy did was just walk around and shit. And I'm just like, what the hell does this guy even do in around here? Like all he does is just walk around and talk to people. <laughs> and he finally says hi to me, and I'm just like, "Hey, how are you?" Um, listen, what the fuck do you do around here? I don't see you lift a fucking finger around here. These are my actual words because I find out in the next two seconds he's the new manager. <laughs> he's like, "I outrank your old boss." Oh my. Fucking God. Well, hey, nice oh, to meet you. Uh, <laughs> I didn't mean a word I just said. <laughs> Dude, you probably pull your foot from your fucking mouth. Dude, he doesn't wear... Okay, every uh, other fucking higher-up in the company wears ca does not wear casual. They all wear, you know... You know, suits. they're more formal. They yeah. wear suits and shit. Or at the very least, you know, they don't have the... They don't have the, the, the top layer of their suits on, but he just wears a fucking casual tee and pants like the rest of us. How was <laughs> I going to know? That's okay. I'm I told... Uh, in good spirit, then. Uh, I yeah, was... Uh, he's really, like, he's really nice. He doesn't, like... And the best part, you know how they were... You know how they were on my ass this entire year about my earphones? Yeah. Well, my older boss, who who was especially on my ass, came up to me the other day um, about that. When he shows up, the new boss, 
And he's just like, leave him the fuck alone. Nice. Excellent. Okay! I like you! <laughs> like, as long as he's doing his job, I don't care what he's wearing. I had, um, we had our district manager that was a new district manager that showed up to the building I worked at. And uh, I was literally putting in for, um, an eight hour day because we're allowed two month two a month. And, um, I remember this guy going, why are you putting in an eight hour request? I said, cause it's going to be cold. And he goes, at least you're honest. And then I, and then I like, I left and someone was like, dude, you know, that's the new district manager. And I said, and <laughs> like, I'm like, that doesn't change the reason I'm putting in my request. Like, <laughs> like <what the> hell? <laughs> so yeah, do I look like I have a filter to you. Yeah, like, do, do I care? Like, he's not going to fire me. Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, but at well, least you're in a union. <laughs> yeah. Mine, not so much. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. He's got to go through a lot before he could fire my ass. Um, All right. Is that all you've been doing, Lando? Just working? <laughs> well, working in shiny hunting. Basically. I mean, that means I'm basically working nonstop. Because this is essentially a job at this point. I don't even get paid for this shit. <laughs> one I've been day, staring at one day you will. Fucking Lake Verity for the past three weeks. I am so fucking done with this stupid scene. Oh, did you know? Okay, well, all right, we'll get into this after I do. <laughs> oh yeah, correction alert. It yeah. wasn't Sabrina you were dealing with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna get into all of that. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> All right. So, uh, what it's been? It's been like three weeks since we last recorded. So, um, I've been literally. I finally bought some magic cards for like the first time. I bought um, the two um, commander decks, the um, the ones for Crimson Vow. Mm-hmm. I got both of those. I got two power cubes, and I bought a three pack of. Crimson Vow. Like, that's all I picked up. And um, I got some good stuff. I got the Giralf Visionary. I got a Necro Duality. I ended up with a Hushbringer, a Biogenic Ooze, Protean Thaumaturge, um, was it Nick, uh, Nikia of the Old Ways, like, that, as far as, like, stuff goes. So, yeah, I ended up with, like, a lot of decent stuff. Um, Hushbringer and generally is probably one i needed the creatures entering the battlefield or dying can't cause uh abilities to trigger mm, which is definitely I mean, yeah it's, i looked it up it's only like a couple bucks so but yeah i own one now so uh, that's good to play with um all right yeah i so i fucked up and said some shit about pokemon last time um <laughs> Like I got Cynthia and Sabrina confused. Um, that was wrong. Also, the no access to the boxes was wrong. Um, what was the other one? Um, there was something else. I don't know, but the battle tower allows you to use uh, gives you bottle caps and ability capsules that you can get with the points from the battle tower. So that's good. Um, so there's still competitive aspects to it. And okay, here's the here's the, the thing I just figured out the other day. You have to at least have seen 
every Pokemon in the decks, not actually have all of them for to unlock the national decks. It refuses to unlock the national decks and let me explore like the final area around the tower until I get the national decks and see all of the Pokemon from the from um, whatever area we're in now. <laughs> I can't fucking remember. <laughs> you know, yeah, from right? the Sinnoh yeah. region. Yeah, I'm I missing. That is the same in the original versions. Yeah, so I'm missing Finian, um, the evolution of Finian. No, yeah, Lumion. Yeah, Lumion, and then uh, unknown, and then not Mesprit, but the other two, because I haven't gone. Uxie, Azelf, and Uxie. Azelf and Uxie, because I haven't gone and like tracked them down yet, because they're fucking movable. Roaming legendary. God, I hate them so much. Yeah. <laughs> Work for it, hooker. Yeah. So I'm like, fuck this. So yeah, I gotta, I gotta do that, and then I finally open up all. You're not going of... for the shiny versions. I mean, no, ev- you're... eventually I will, but I think I'm just gonna no, breed them out because if you, even if you find, if you find one, and if it's not shiny, you have to start the whole game over. Because its shininess is determined at the very beginning of the save file. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, no. Meaning you're gonna have to start the entire game over. Yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> Are you talking? You're talking about the legendaries, right? I was just talking yes. about the starters. I'll I'm just... talking about the roaming legendaries. Yeah, no, the roaming me. legendaries in particular. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't really care about that shit. <laughs> um, what else is there? I, I think that's it. I think I got all that stuff. That was all, everything I got wrong about the game. The yeah, underground the is still has been nerfed. Oh, yeah. We didn't know that, though, until afterwards. Yeah, it's been found out. The, they don't work on random encounters, meaning you're going to be dealing with the full uh, one in 4,000 odds no matter what. The shiny charm now only works with breeding. So, yeah, which kind of makes no fucking sense because that means you still need the foreign Pokemon to get uh, the reduced odds anyway, which only gets further reduced. It's like, I mean, I guess that's something, but... Yeah, I don't know. Um, What is it? Arceus spoiler season happened. and Oh, uh, Cowboy Bebop got cancelled from the last time. It took it three weeks to get (laughs) cancelled. Look, I'm not going to make fun of it because <laughs> you already know you already know my opinion about it was, but I take both of y'all's opinions more seriously since you both actually liked it and you seem to be at the extremely small minority of people that do. Yeah, I guess. I think I think people are just complaining to complain, but it's better than any of the other live actions that are out there. Especially yeah, but that's like not saying much. I mean, true, but it's a step in the right direction, goddammit. <laughs> Is how it about a you, Leo? How do you how did you feel about that? How did you feel that, about the live action Bebop? That is something notable that it is better than other live actions that are out there. I have only seen episode one at this point because I wasn't in a big hurry. I'm actually kind of surprised that I even saw episode one. Um, I don't I don't hate it. Uh, my problem is overall with live action remakes of animated things. Uh, I just don't think it has anything really to contribute to the medium. Um, I think that 
live action things should be remade into animated things. I think the cowards should take that on. <laughs> if you if you really want to add something and make something interesting in a way that you couldn't with live action, the limitations of live action, you should be animating things that aren't already animated. I.e. Clone Wars, uh, the Clone Wars series, as opposed to the movie. That that is a perfect or or Tron, the Tron, the Tron cartoon kind of added. I mean, there's there's so many different things that have been made, like the. Um, like the Matrix spinoffs, I know there were some animated yep. Matrix spinoffs of some kind, the Animatrix. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of ways that you could do it. And it would be very interesting and show the audience something that they haven't seen before instead of showing the audience something mostly recognizable, but <laughs> like make sure it doesn't look like you copied kind of thing. Um, they have to change something eventually. I mean, it's an adaptation. Right. But it kind of leaves you guessing and it leaves some people satisfied and some people unsatisfied. I have to say, though, like what I hate the most are live action adaptations of some books like, OK, Harry Potter, I think, is the exception. And Lord of the Rings did a pretty good job of not missing some major points. But stuff like um, what is it? Uh, not Narnia. Well, Narnia is a good one, but um, Golden Compass like messed up a lot. Um, oh, that's what I heard too. Yeah. Yeah. Game of Thrones was kind of different, but that was a, a TV show at a adaptation instead of a movie. Um, I don't know. Like, what else is there? There's a whole bunch of stuff that just like they, they leave out too much from the book to the movie. And that really deserve like something like a series like Game of Thrones was better, but they changed a ton of stuff in Game of Thrones. So it's like, did you did you really adaptate the like the book or did you just use the licensing at that point? So, right. I mean, I think Game of Thrones, I mean, I'm I'm usually coming from like an anime and old media perspective. What Game of Thrones ran into is the what we like to call overtook the manga phenomenon, where it's like there isn't more content in the source material. And also, you don't want to specifically just rehash what people have already read, uh, especially once it took off and became so popular. Uh, So then I think a lot of what they were doing, and I didn't really see anything other than episode one, but from a distance, what it seemed like they were doing was just trying to dodge audience expectations, which doesn't result in a good (laughs) show. It just results in a show that is difficult to track or predict right yeah we I call that. that the toriyama syndrome Toriyama syndrome. oh now, man my my personal my personal belief and i agree with you on this leah one of the major but, but there's things that are unreasonable to try and translate into irl and while i disagree with the methodology that the actress who played Faye went with like her her comment her her extracurricular commentary on the outside talking about how it was difficult you know nigh impossible to replicate Faye. There are aspects of the character that are difficult to translate into real life. And while her overall appearance was, I, 
I wasn't expecting her to go full Faye Valentine with regards to her attire. I think, you know, current year standings, it would be a little over the top to be able to pull that off and for it to have the same kind of impact. Did you that say there was TNA in was, Cowboy Bebop, though? There was, but it wasn't overt. Like, and, and I'm not saying that there wasn't overt TNA, but it was kind of compartmentalized in specific scene settings where they're in like a red light district in an area where that kind of stuff was occurring. So that makes sense that that kind of stuff was happening. It's the Duke Nukem thing where like okay. you, you don't see it until you go into the strip club. <laughs> it took me way too long to realize that we were not talking about impact wrestling. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Well, you, got, you guys just kept saying TNA and I was like, how did, how is that related? And then I understood. Well, to be fair, they are, to be fair, they are usually rather skin tight, if not shirtless. True. True, true. <laughs> anyway, continue. <laughs> She's like, I've got nothing to add. I just wanted to point out. <laughs> well, there was something I do want to point out, but uh, it was something that me and Drew had uh, discussed earlier because I was, you know, rather horrified. And that was, I think the, sl- I, I think Cowboy Bebop, it's writing would have been much worse if the series went on. And this is me from this is coming from someone who made who didn't watch Netflix's Cowboy Bebop. But there was one particular scene that while it was taken out of context, I can't believe the fucking dialogue was actually legit. And it's apparently Jet being confronted by this older lady who and I can't believe she said this. He asked that if it was, you know, the flirting was like dial um non blackmail, and she goes, "Why, yes, it's not only, and that's because you're black and male." Like, <laughs> it's a, it, but the what? context is in, a, yeah, oh it God. was in it, that of a joke. I asked you, like, this couldn't possibly real, and he goes, "No, it's not real." Oh, thank God! And then I find the actual fucking clip, and yes, it does say it. it was like what? This Did is, you watch the whole fucking scene to understand the context? You're just making a weird, weird all ass- I'm assumption saying, on it. Drew, all I'm saying is that the writing in that particular moment sounds like it's straight up from the 1950s. Okay, like. Well, full- they did. They were going noir with it, so I wouldn't be shocked if that was the case. the 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 underlying aesthetic of Cowboy Bebop is kind of noir in in and of itself. Yeah, that's true. That's definitely true. Um, one of the things that was a little strange to me, speaking of face characterization, um, and I saw this clip on Twitter, and arguably, when you're trying to drum up interest, you are showing something interesting that happened in the show. Um, it was when Faye literally stumbles into this diner, and Spike and Jet are already sitting at the table, and she, like, bumps into a table on her way over, and then she just is super manic pixie dream girl, like, drinking their beers and, like, telling them about some great thing that's that they could capitalize on. And I was watching this and just thinking, I don't really want to find Faye Valentine relatable. <laughs> I'm seeing this woman who is you're, just all over the place. You're not supposed she to be relatable to, be. to her though, because her character in the anime is 
she's so she tries to make herself look dumber than she actually is. And that's that like flirtatious, like uh, poison ivy type like mentality that she has. And she yeah, tries to use. Yeah, exactly. She, and she uses her sex appeal in the show to get her into certain situations. And then you actually like she's not she's not supposed to be relatable. She's definitely the 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 full on. I use my um, my sex appeal to get me to where I need to be. And then I flip the switch and do, you know, get what I need to done. She's, One of the things that made Faye so compelling was that she was proud of that. You know, she was proud of uh, of her beauty. And the reason for that was because she was a 75 year old woman with a 25 year old woman's body. Yep. Yeah, Sp- yep. I think it, Spike figures that out one time, doesn't he? And then freaks out. He's like, "Wait, yeah. you're how old?" <laughs> like- <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, she definitely downplays. I mean, if she's just on the bebop or with the other guys on the bebop, she definitely downplays that a little bit. I mean, that's the whole like wrap well, your hair she- up in a towel, put a face mask on kind of thing. She but ultimately, she's still herself. She's still she's still somebody who is not who. Who definitely is very well collected and moves in a way that is very intentional. She, she is just never a character who would stumble over things. Yeah. And she doesn't strike me as overly excitable. And I feel like that's where the directing really failed the actress because what, however they were communicating that that was okay to her kind of led Faye to not really read as Faye to me. Yeah. Well, ever since her um, when she came out and had stuff to say about because people were complaining about her outfit not being sexy enough. And then she when she came out and said something against that and the way she said it made me feel like she doesn't understand the character that she's playing. And it's it, you, you. She could have dressed fine. It's the way Faye acted in the anime as opposed to how the actress portrayed Faye and. I don't. I don't think she still understands that. Like so, like you said, I, I think the think director let her she down. Doesn't understand it. I think they perfectly understood what the character was. They just detested what the character was about, and they decided to uh, rewrite her to be something that they would find more appealing. I hate so the like break. Updating her for like the modern era. Is that what you're saying, Orlando? Yes. Okay. Uh, see, I, I think Ray, uh, Faye's original character design from the anime is very like feminist, like pro-feminist. But like um, outside it's not of feminist to those nowadays, though. Well, OK, the, 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 the issue at, but the issue at hand is. The, well, yeah, you, you're right. It's it's the pro. What, what are they called? Body positive feminist. Is what what I think Jay is going for. Uh, well, no, sex positive. Yeah, sex or positive. Sex she's positive. she's you. very aware of her sexuality. She's very aware of her control of that sexuality, and she uses it to her advantage, right? So she she's very yeah. empowered by how she can control her her body and sexuality. That is where I was going with it. That's that's the kind yeah. of mentality. But she she also is only dumb in this like not dumb, but she only plays dumb in the situations where she's trying to use her sexuality to the advantage to make her look, make herself look weaker than she is in the certain situations. So guys fall for it. Like in the, in at least in the anime part of it, 
And well, and, the, and that's the beauty of the transparency in I think it's Jupiter Jazz Part yeah. One and Two, where she runs into Gren, and yep. Gren is not. He's not subscribed to the issues. He he does not respond at all in the way that she expects him to. <laughs> and yeah. so they get a little bit more transparent Faye instead of femme fatale Faye from those moments. Right. But but in every episode where she does act in, in a certain way, in that same episode, you see that flip, that, that switch flip to be that more powerful, like, like, um, uh, yeah, powerful. That more powerful female figure. And it's like it, it, I thought the original Cowboy Bebop did Faye well. The I don't think the actress and the director understood what they were doing. <laughs> and that's that's what I'm trying to get to in the but, live action. <laughs> but my thing with it is is okay. And I want to I want to retract something that I stated in a previous podcast. I thought this was a proto experience to the to the original Cowboy Bebop. This is a complete retelling, yeah. and I'm even more happy with this because it gives things greater context that didn't have it before. If it needed it at all, that's up to the that's the eye of the beholder in that regard. I have my problems with the series because they fucking completely did. Oh, they turned vicious into something vicious, that he yeah. completely wasn't. He was yeah. so bad. <laughs> vicious oh, is a silent, methodical killer yes and what they did to him is made him this flamboyant over the top like mommy issue psychopath oh, with no so a saturday oh. morning cartoon villain they yeah they turned him they, they basically they turned him into dumb spike is what happened oh, and they yeah, yeah yes and I know you're never going to finish the series, so I can spoil I can spoil this all day for you, Leah. Unless you are, at which point I can pull, I can put the brakes on. I mean, it doesn't really matter. Can, it's never just it's never getting finished. So officially, <laughs> uh, <laughs> my position on spoilers is I don't care what if I find out what happens, just don't tell me how it happens. So what you've said is fine. Um, you know, so say for example, like you know, Darth Vader is Luke's father. Like it, you have not told me how Luke comes to know this. You've not told me how the audience comes to know this. It's just a fact of something that happened. That will never bother me, even in a show that I'm watching or a movie that yeah. I'm planning on seeing. So you're good. Right. Here's the two. Here's the two powerpoints that will completely turn off anybody who is a hardcore cowboy bebop originalist. One. They've turned Vicious into this over flamboyant theatrical creature that is is completely abrasive in in his execution. Not in the way the original Vicious was, which was this silent, calculating individual who is watching the numbers move and knows exactly what he's going to do. His rivalry with Spike is is something that is unspoken, but we're aware of it, and everything plays out behind the scenes. There's no Weird, you know, over the top curse you, you know, superheroes bullshit that comes up. And they heel turn Julia in a way that makes the character completely unreasonable to, to, to come to grips with if you uh, if you enjoyed the original version. Uh. These are the two major bullet points that will either prevent that will prevent you from finishing the series on your own. Or they will completely ruin the, fu the finale of such things for you when you finally get to it. 
Also, Ed was mildly annoying, which Ed's supposed to be annoying because Ed is a kid. Yes. A very <laughs> smart kid. Yes. But she's a kid. But they went anime cosplay girl version of Ed. Oh. And it came off like and it came oh. off like Hunky Brewster had been thrown screaming into an anime world and didn't need to fucking be there. Or no, yeah, Pippi was... Longstock. That's it. Pippi Longstocking. <laughs> She's literally the Pippi Longstocking equivalent of a cosplay girl playing Ed. She is annoying as fuck, and it will completely throw you off where you're like, no, no, no. I was... Yeah, I was deeply suspicious, I have to say, when when the Cowboy Bebop live action was being hyped up, that we were seeing nothing about Ed. Because Ed is part of the Bebop. She's part of the found family, or, you know, however, I, that is probably contentious as far as the pronoun thing. But anyway, yeah, you know- Ed is part of the Bebop. Ed is part of the found family. And... It, it's it's a huge like likability charm point for the whole thing, and the fact that it was just like no plans, no nothing, no casting announcement. It was just like people kept telling me, "Don't worry, she's coming in," or you know, Ed's coming in season two, but nothing. Like you're you're showing me you're showing me the dog that has been cast as I, and you're not showing me Ed. Like, <laughs> that that made me kind of nervous. Ed and Ayn kind of came together. When you think about it. Yeah. The, so Whoa, the dog gets a reveal. Oh, <laughs> sure. I'm sure that would be important. But Ed? Well, nah, especially since they well, use they use interchangeable animals in, in pretty much all animal handling film scenarios. Like you will have like multiple corgis playing Ayn, whoever's available. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I think for me, because I was there, there hadn't been any, any rumblings about Ed at that point. And at that point I was still under the interpretation that this was like the proto bebop scenario where like we were finding out how, how, uh, you know, jet came about, you know, getting the bebop and, you know, his bounty hunter ways and all that stuff. I thought that was what was happening. So I didn't assume Ed was coming in until season two, if they were going to continue the series. So in my head, I was already assuming I wasn't going to see Ed. And I think when it, that that was the thing at the end of all of it that just kind of just put me out of it. I'm like, I finally saw her, and I'm just like, who let this cosplay chick onto the scene? Where the fuck is the actual Ed? <laughs> oh no, that is Ed. So the only fuck. thing, yep. the only thing I heard about Ed before the show came out was somebody going, "I didn't like Cowboy Bebop because of Ed," and I literally went, "Wait, say that one more time." I didn't like I didn't like Cowboy Bebop because of Ed. I said, "What is your issue with Ed?" <laughs> I, I would like to know. It, it, and, and, and dude, <laughs> if it's something as simple as if she's just, she's just an annoying character, I could completely get behind that because it was it, that was the point. No, Ed was supposed to be kind of the annoying little kid. No, the little the little, the little sibling. No, 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 no. It was the fact. That everybody thought Ed was a boy until she wasn't a boy. That was the issue people had in the original anime and why they did not like Cowboy Bebop. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I was like, I, I'm like, I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt, but I'm like, you please don't make this a transgender issue. I was like, please don't do it. And they fucking didn't let me down. They totally took that that standpoint. I was like, I have you knew never that was already happening when they did I that have, with Ren. I have never 
heard anybody complain about Cowboy Bebop as Ed being the issue. Ever. Ever. <laughs> Until this one asshole. I was like, oh my god. I'm like, alright, well, I guess that's your standpoint. <laughs> yeah, I really expected it to be, I found Ed annoying. Like, no. Even in, the, even in the original source material, there were plenty of people who didn't like Ed, or didn't like Ed, or or didn't but, like but Ed's, Julia or somebody. But Ed's episode, when it was just his, just her episode, when um, it was just, it was her, Faye and Ayn. This is when you find out it's she's actually a girl because Faye's the one that like kind of breaks it to everybody. And <laughs> in that in that episode, like there is no reason not to like Ed. Ed like Ed's whole backstory in that one episode would just like made you like Ed. So like for someone to tell me that you hate the Cowboy Bebop, you either one skip that episode or like or found them annoying. Right. But the dude literally said it was I thought it was a boy. I was like, oh, my God. Fuck. And then Julia, same whenever thing. I like, hear that. Whenever I hear that dumb shit, I, I think back to my 4chan days with that with that meme on there. It's like, I can't fap to this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, no. That's literally the thing. That's what I feel like they're saying when they say that shit. I'm like, were you beating it? And you just, uh, they, this has got some implications. Which makes it, yeah. Now I want to know why the fuck this went weird for you. I was like, that's a small child, Drew. Child? That is a small child. We, we, we are not going down oh, this I didn't route. say it wasn't wrong. <laughs> But you got to be aware that that kind of shit occurs and be realistic about your expectations. Oh my god! And you same can be thing unhappy with... about it. It's just that you have to be un- understand that that's the reality of it. Yeah, and then the same thing with uh, Julia. By the time you hit real folk blues, you've pro- you've either you're either indifferent with Julia or you hate her because the love story between her and Spike are kind of is just weird. And then the real folk blues happens, and the episode right before real folk blues, the first one, part one. Bef- Cause I, she dies in part one, right? Yeah. Um, you yeah, t- yeah. you start to you start to turn the corner on Julia, and actually, like you start to feel bad for her, and then she dies, and then you're like, oh shit, <laughs> and then part two happens. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Like it, the series did a good job, like as far as the anime went, of making you feel some type of way about the characters, and then flipping how you felt about them. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, one change that I noticed from episode one that I really didn't care for, um, and people didn't seem to be that upset by this, um, is Jet being actually being a dad. Like, he has a kid somewhere. He, um, so we talked about that in the last episode. His, do you remember okay. his episode with... Uh, um? his episode where he meets his, his cop friend, where you find out he used to be a police officer. Right. They mention his family in that, in that episode. Oh, they do. Yeah. So there, is that like the only time? Yeah. yeah. That's the, literally the only time. So like, oh, okay. yeah, there, there's like the only person that has like an extensive, like huge backstory is spike in the entire show. Everybody else okay. has like their one-off show. Like Faye has hers. Ed has hers. Uh, if I can, even Ayn has one because of the whole friggin' chase. <laughs> so you like learn about Ayn, <laughs> right, and like right, so okay. every every single person has their like one episode. But Spike is the like overarching like storyline. This is Spike's story. It yeah, kind of is if you think about it. And maybe that's why there were a lot of people who were clamoring for an extension on the series because they were Jet was kind of just left. 
kind of on the wayside with Faye kind of doing her own thing after she found out her history and Ed going back with her father and the, and the, um, the orphanage she was staying at just kind of, just kind of bebopping around there, which was kind of funny realizing that she just kind of, <laughs> the, the, the nuns like, Oh, she just kind of comes in and out whenever she pleases. The kids love her though. I'm like, like she's like a sideshow attraction, but she's got, but she has computer skills. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, I love her father because her father's fucking entertaining as shit. You're literally talking to a cartographer who's basically trying to map the wastes of of the the post uh, the post uh, moonfall Earth, and it's perpetually changing. But he has no, he doesn't even care. He's like he's gonna keep doing it. And his and his tech friend is just sitting there completely exacerbated with the whole thing, but won't leave him because I don't know why. And it just it just makes it for me. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. It's like, why am I even doing this? It's like, because you have nothing better to do, and he's crazy, and you know you want to be part of that energy. The other thing, too, is that <laughs> at the end of Real Folk, at the end of the actual series, the only two people that are still left are Faye and Jet. Faye, Jet, and, and um, Ed. Like, they're, they're by the... You're going to count they're... the dog, I swear to Jesus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, did, I, didn't, I didn't make I didn't it. Stay. I stayed with Ed. Right, but I like went, I went with no, Ed. I, Faye was gone because Faye went to go and stay with her uh, her friend that she found after seventy five years who was still alive. It was literally just Jet. Are we talking about people that are alive though? No, no, people are who are left on the bebop on the bebop. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Well, it's Faye, just Jet at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, Jet and his bonsai plants. <laughs> yeah. and his bell peppers and beef without the beef without the beef <laughs> what are we yeah okay what? well i'm glad that it was like a single mention because i definitely did not remember him having an actual family so for yeah. him like episode one like almost right out the gate to be like complaining to spike like you're gonna ruin my kid's christmas i'm like when did he become like a target karen what is happening his, like, they, they mentioned they they mentioned it because his because jet's family was attacked by um the syndicate like that's the tie between jet and spike is the syndicate so like uh, okay. it was it. it was like a passing moment before they killed off jet's friend in that episode because it was like a sniper that yeah. killed Jet's friend, and they were talking about the family, and that's when you find out that Jet had a family, and that the syndicate was involved. So, okay, all right, yeah. cool. Is it sad yeah, because that, 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 is it that sad changes, Jet in right? that show reminded me of uh, um, Barrett from Final Fantasy Abridged. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but I have to say though, like his his acting was on point for the original Jet. I mean, with with, with a few except with few exceptions, I actually felt like the actor was really in the character. I didn't feel that way about fearless slash, uh, spike and Faye again, <laughs> we've already talked about that. Um, and yes, you, you talk about Bo Billingsley who played John Cho. No. Okay. Just kidding. We're, we're, we're talking about the live action, not the, um, the, the, uh, cartoon. Okay, just the live side, action. Side the note live that action. This is what I hate now is every time there's a live action, you have to clarify which one you're talking. About. <laughs> right. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. Anyway, <go> <laughs> but yeah, like the 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 actor who did the IRL jet did a really amazing job acting the part. Yeah, we saw this here. Yeah, he did so good. Like he was you, so good. You couldn't. You couldn't. You could. You could put his voiceover on the animated character, and I wouldn't have fucking known. 
Right. It was that it was that level of of quality. Was uh, he was he target caring about things? Yes, and it was annoying as fuck. So you, you and I agree <laughs> on that. <laughs> like I wanted this doll for my for my daughter. So it's like, ma'am, please. Th- th- this is this is a Wendy's drive-through. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the that's the thing is that you know me factoring out the fact that he actually has a family. He very much steps easily into the role of being the dad because he has a couple of adult kids and he can't tell them anything and they will not listen to him. So all he can do is make dinner and hope they make it home in one piece. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that was Jet's type of character though. Cause Jet was, he was the elder of the group and he hated that Spike would, wouldn't treat him that way. And Spike would eventually treat him that way at some point. At certain points, he would treat him that way. But it's because, it's because Jet is all about the respect. Yeah. Well, I mean, Jet had that very militari- militaristic like type mindset to things and hated when Spike and Faye wouldn't listen. Hated it. But he always came off as like that dad, like, hey, what are you doing? Stop it. Like, or having, or having when uh, Spike complains about the, you know, um, beans and whatever <laughs> beans and beef but with no with no beef because he blew all the money because he you know trashed everything and and uh, jet has to explain it to him well we needed this money to fix the ship we needed this money for that and then spike just doesn't want to hear it <laughs> like <laughs> right yeah the jet's character yeah, he, was definitely built around that dad mentality i think yeah yeah for sure i mean well and the bebop is at least as far as whose name is on it, it's His it's Jets. <laughs> <Yeah>. So if, <laughs> if somebody's got to keep the lights on and pretend there's beef in the food, definitely, <laughs> he's definitely the one, whereas everybody else is kind of, you know, coming and going. And in reality, he's not sure if they're going to come back, you know, it, whether yeah. that's something happen, happening to them or if they just decide to you know, screw off to the other side of the galaxy for some reason. It, it's all fair game, at least at this point. Yeah, he gets he gets that kind of landlord vibe, too, after a while. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Well, yeah. they're all getting separate paychecks. Yeah, damn right. He's collecting. Yeah, right. <laughs> he kind of gets he kind of gets those landlord vibes, too, after a little bit. But yeah. He only yeah. I think he cares more about what happens to Spike than he does Faye, though, because Faye is the one that usually disappears on him. And Spike tends to come back a lot. And I, I the the dynamic between Spike and Jet just seem very like he cares more about Spike than he does about what happens to Faye. He's like the son he never had. Yeah, it, he definitely has like a son vibe in that, like he wants things to be OK, even though like. I think it's the essential like same same gender conflict that a lot of people have like sons with their dads and daughters with their moms is like you are not doing this thing the exact same way I would do it and I'm going to begrudgingly admit that it was also fine (laughs) that's that's kind of like Jed is always yelling like here's how you should do it and Spike is like well it worked out and that is a lot of their dynamic throughout the show oh yeah for sure. For sure. But yeah, it, it like I said, the, the, those two are still those two sticking points are generally the things that bother people with regards to the live action. Again, 
a lot of this, a lot of these Netflix series, and like like this could, kind of spirals off into a greater topic. But like they 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 really are playing this whole flash in the pan thing with with a lot of these series, where they'll like they'll 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 put all they'll go all in, like they get the artistic direction and everything, and they go all in for a full season, and like they they go over the cliffhanger like, and then they just kind of just go yeah we're not going to do it anymore. But like, if you look at the Rotten Tomatoes score, I they have every reason to back away from it. If like even the critics are like fifty four percent, and then you know the 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 audience is like fucking forty nine percent, why would they want to keep going? They're barely they're barely certified fresh at all. Shmeet, you want to know why? You want to know why? Because at least fucking Santa Inc. got a second season, and they <laughs> and the critics on Rotten Tomatoes won't even fucking touch it. So oh, no, because that's just a li- that's just a living landmine. You don't step on those. I think Netflix suffers from this problem of we need it to be successful to pull in a different crowd, right? Because they already have the anime crowd, so they already have you no know, people are going to watch it. But like, it wasn't bad enough for people to leave Netflix over it. You know what I'm saying? Like, they not already like have the they already huh? That not is like the cuties. reason why I do not why I don't have a Netflix subscription. The moment cuties happen. I'm like, they'll never get a customer out of me. They never. they took it off the platform though. I don't give a fuck yeah. because they defended it at first when it was all happening. <laughs> at first, yeah. I no, I agree. But the other thing too is that like Netflix has to have like they every new thing that they put out they have they feel like they that needs to bring in a certain amount of audience. And if it's not bringing in a certain amount of audience, then it's done. Like type you want to know who I feel sorry for? The creator of the uh, of the manga himself, because yeah. he had um, he took an advisory role to the live action series, and he hoped that the series wasn't going to suck. <laughs> oh, kind of like Lucas with episode one, two, and three. No. <laughs> No, 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 not uh, not episode one, two, three. With the the last three, the Force Awakens ones, the sequel trilogy. Yeah, the sequel trilogy. They went out of their way to fuck him over again. His advisory capacity. They basically wanted to write down everything that he said so that they could just burn the book that the the, the, <laughs> the, the book of notes. That's what it felt like. Yeah. And if they went and did that, and they stayed up, like I said, I would have been whole. I would have been whole gung ho for what they were doing if they stayed the course. After the second after the second episode with um what was it the last Jedi yeah because they went in a completely different direction that was sub- subversive and completely flipped the script on the entirety of the mythos that was set forth because at that point they own the they own the IP and they can do whatever the fuck they want with it and they splintered off after that to let to create the legends uh, continuity so that the the EU people would stop stop bitching it didn't help yeah. but it never does um. I want to talk about one good IP that they played fan service for fucking return rise of Skywalker and completely fucked everything up. And, and all of their changes were so half hearted. And uh, again, I watched all the movies because they're all popcorn flicks to me. I'm not committed to the, to the extended universe in any meaningful capacity. So I can in a vacuum enjoy these for the sci-fi that they were. It's the same way I felt about the new star Trek and Leah, Leah and I have had this conversation before in and of themselves. They're amazing sci-fi sci-fi movies. Because of you know the visuals and everything that's presented, we're talking about As the Michael Star Bay Trek ones, right? Flick, it's um, it's not Michael Bay. 
um, fucking, oh, I can't remember the guy's J. J. name. J.J. Abrams. J.J. Yeah, Abrams, yeah, Abr- yeah, 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 yeah. The Abrams tank. Yeah. It was essentially, um, I would like to direct Star Wars, but I have to prove to Star Wars that I can direct Star Wars. Yeah. Time to make Star Trek as much like Star Wars as possible from a visual standpoint. Like, okay. I liked it, but I'm not, I only like the next generation Star Trek. I'm not a big outside of next generation, like, fan. Oh, um, you're, you're not alone there. Next generation is one of the more popular ones. Yeah, I, I the mean, problem, the problem with even TNG is that they, when they went and did the Picard series, and I was so fucking confused. I didn't see that. I didn't well, watch that. Did you say Picard is quite divisive these days? Oh, my, yeah. My issue with these additional things that keep continuing the storylines of established characters is that for some reason, even though I have been a fan of Star Trek the original series since I was. 13, I am now not an expert on the canon of Spock anymore because I haven't seen Discovery. Like, why is there new Spock content? For the love of God. Like, I just don't <laughs> understand why that's a thing. Like, aside content, from, if you will. Aside from, like, I mean, the only thing conceptually that I can think of is that we were nervous about our new character and we needed to prop them up with an existing character which I honestly feel like is an insult to new characters. We get new characters in Star Trek all the time. Yeah. Why not just let them be themselves? And some characters <laughs> take off more than others, and, and like you just have to let it be. <laughs> it goes yeah. back to what we were talking about earlier. Um, the, these companies will not pull the trigger on anything unless it's a sure thing. So yeah. they will always have either a backup plan or prop, some, prop a new IP or a new... Uh, a new uh you know hook on something that's already existing as a way to bolster it in a, in a way that will give them the returns that they want because all they're thinking about is money at this point and they're that's assuming- perfectly fine but if you're going to do that then stick to what works don't don't degrade it or into something that it isn't anymore don't don't malform it into something that it ju- that isn't the original product anymore. So that's what, kind of going along these lines. I want to bring up the new Arcane show that's on Netflix. That's all the legal. That's the League of Legends IP. That uh-huh. is done very, very well. And I think it's more because Riot wouldn't let them fuck it up. <laughs> well, okay, Riot wasn't going to let them fuck it up, but they didn't have enough of a mythos to fuck up. Yeah, they did. Nothing that they had. No, no, no nothing. that I'm saying uh, like uh, something that's an actual living mythos. They had backstories on characters. They had the world fleshed out, but nothing was so ingrained. There wasn't enough back history on LOL yeah. for them to completely and utterly fuck it up. And that's where I think there was an advantage in that because it wasn't something that they could go out of their way to, you know, completely, absolutely just, you know, mutilate it. And just- again... From what I hear, media, it's an amazing series. I'm not going to watch it. I don't give a shit. I, Jinx, I don't care about lol. Jinx makes a better Joker than the Joker. I've Which depends really on your Joker. <laughs> yep. I would say, I, I would agree with Drew there. It depends on which Joker you're speaking of. Uh, we're, I'm talking um, fear, pure on chaotic insanity that was the Dark Knight Heath Ledger Joker. I mean... Oh. He has, okay, 
as good as Heath Ledger joke Heath Ledger Ooh. Joker was, um, even you know even Mark Hamill human, Joker, yeah. you know you couldn't actually. He could only do what he could, given the rea- given to the reality of the uh, of the type of medium the fi- the film was. Okay, well, if you're gonna go animated, he's she Jinx as a chaotic, psychopathic like character, and here's the here's the weird part is that hers is her backstory almost mirrors like the Joker as far as the one bad day thing happens. Like, okay. it's so weird. Like, if you look at it side by side, like her, the way they play off her, like, just mental breakdowns and stuff like that compared to how the Joker is. So the Joker seems like a very um, just chaotic, neutral type thing where Jinx is the same way. But Jinx is triggered by, like, the stuff that's happened to her, like her trauma has a big thing to do with her whole personality. And it's it's weird because it's like she so she you find her as a little kid. Um I've Leah, if you're gonna watch this, then I, I don't try well I'm not I'm gonna try my best not to spoil a lot of it, but uh, it's no, so it's, it's so you good though. Work. It's so good. So she you you find they start off as little kids, like um and then she basically gets abandoned after like a huge event happens and the villain ends up picking her up and taking her in. So she's under the impression that everybody's left behind. Everybody's dead. And the, the last interaction she had with them was very negative. They basically blamed everything on her. And this villain's like, no, no, I can help you. But the villain is literally trying to control her. But her entire mental state is, is like he can't control her. And she won't be controlled. It's so weird. Like she wants to have, like she wants to have everything to do with it. And then it comes down to a point, like towards the end of the series, where like she, like the entire time she's looking for her sister that she thinks is dead. So anybody she thinks sees with like pink hair becomes a problem. And then she she like completely loses it and goes like psychotic. But then like can like hone herself in, like the Joker could, and like be okay again but then like completely psychotically lose it and like 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 relish in the moment of like her psychosis it's so like the character is so well written i'm just like like she hears voices in the middle of conversation she's like argues with herself like mid-scene like she'll argue with herself and you're like she'll argue with her toys like she like her guns like she does in the like in the video game like it's 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 so it's so nice it's it's so good to see it. And then like the way it was written is just fantastic. And everybody's pretending like, Oh, like we really care about you. But then every time like something happens, she's like, you got, you don't really care about me. And then she goes in this whole psychotic, like rage again. It's so, it's so well written. <laughs> Speaking of psychosis or psychotics. Um, I don't know. If this is my, the appropriate topic to talk about, but it is pop culture. So I'm going to go ahead and shoot my, uh, shoot my shot on this. Uh, guys, read the uh, that new X Men comic that came out? No, <laughs> I haven't. What's so, about? so it's the comic is X Men Green, and it's supposed to be an um, it's supposed to be an environmental story, 
you know, about combating climate change and environmental in, environmental damage. Uh, except their route, their solution to it is uh, exterminate humanity. Oh. No. Yeah. Like Thanos? Um, <laughs> the, the premise revolves around this one girl named uh, a Nature Girl. She's some girl with antlers who can talk to animals uh she gets real she gets she takes it personally when a sea turtle dies in front of her by from choking on a a grocery bag and uh she decides that humanity is a plague that needs to be purged she starts by finding the location of the store where the grocery bag originated calls for the manager and stabs him in the fucking neck with a pair of scissors. Uh, <laughs> this is X-Men. <laughs> this is X-Men. Well, this is X-Men. The, the manager of the store, the manager of the store. Oh, her, her scope is very limited. I'm, I'm disappointed. <laughs> this is giving me PETA vibes. <laughs> This, this is kind of, but this isn't necessarily involving PETA. What was it? The there was like an envi- there was a violently environmental group in Cowboy Bebop, wasn't there? Oh, yep, yeah. Okay, just kind of circling back around. <laughs> oh yeah, that's no, fine. Yeah. You're good. Yeah, I just can't yeah, remember who they were. It gets all sorts of weird because she eventually gains an ally in this one other mutant named Curse, where on. And the only reason why she's allies with Nature Girl is because unlike Nature Girl, which this doesn't make it any better, uh, she has no qualms in murdering people. She does it for the sheer enjoyment of it. Oh. She she makes no pretense on any justification on murdering people. She just likes to do it. Okay. Sounds like... I'm not sure how to feel about this. Sounds very (laughs) X-Men-y. <laughs> yeah, imagine Logan Wolverine is the voice of reason in this comic. Yeah, that's what I was worried about. <laughs> You'd be pretty desperate for Logan to be your to be your bellwether for uh, calm to collected. Care. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, this comic makes like the average Joe the evil person, the the evil the antagonist in this comic, and I'm just like, guys. You know what the fuck you're doing? You, you know what you're telling people? Did, did you know that in the new 52, not not new 52, that's not in the, the rehashing of the X uncanny X-Men, they may, they made Magneto the good guy. Yes. Okay. I just wanted to be clear on that. <laughs> Magneto's the one that builds the X-Men. I just thought that was weird. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. that's kind of crazy. I, I have like the first, like maybe like 10 and then somebody messed up my buy order. Yeah. Want to know how the story ends? Sure. Sure. They put her they put her on trial. By the way, the X-Men despite that I said that Wolverine was the one being reasonable, uh they don't think that she was wrong to do it. It was that they don't think that she should have act they should she should have been more discreet about it. <laughs> That sounds like Logan. So it's fine that you did it. It's, not it's fine, fine that, that you murder people, but you shouldn't have been. You shouldn't have been so direct with it. 
<laughs> so they judged her. They banished her from uh, the island that she was in. But apparently, I can't remember the name of the island, but the island is sentient for some uh, reason. Krakoa. Yeah, Krakoa. There we go. Thank you. Krakoa is sentient and completely sides with her, saying that what she did was completely justified and righteous. So the island decides to let her go. And before he lets her free, the island equips her with a um, with a staff that is meant to augment and boost her powers. So they left. So the island leaves her on Earth to mur to continue her murdery spree. And yes, curse is still there. The murder. <laughs> Mm. This this is kind of reminding me of that like weird unsettling thing that happened like um part way through 2020 where people kept posting these like nature photos or whatever and being like nature is healing because we're not a part of it. And oh, I'm like yeah. dot 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 <laughs> like and, and especially, you know, a lot of the um uh a lot of the disabled you know, people that I, were, I was following online was being like, um, <laughs> this is heading in not a good direction for us, just so you know. Um, and I was <laughs> like, oh, yikes, you know. And so that, that's really the, like, there's a different approach I expect X-Men to take. What you just described is not at all <laughs> it. Yeah, does that sound like heroism to anyone, or am no. I the only one going insane here? No. Yeah, well, I mean, I was a little surprised that she didn't... I mean, when you say she goes to the store manager and sticks a pair of scissors in his neck, I was really surprised that we didn't, like, go to a CEO, go to an owner of a company, go, you know... Bag manufacturer. No, she just goes direct. Yeah. She just goes to a branch of the store demands to see the manager the manager says hi how are you bam yeah Not that's even, no words just it's stabbed in the neck <laughs> with so, a pair of scissors she didn't own the scissors by the way the scissors belong to the store i mean just for good measure go big or go <laughs> <laughs> oh no there was one that's... particular scene where they were at an oil rig right and Nature Girl wanted to murder everyone there. And uh, the comp the comp the owners of the company uh, of the oil rig, they hire uh, this one mutant. I I can't remember her name, but it's it's one that spits out like uh, toxic gases or something like that that causes a person to to hallucinate. Okay. Anyway, it's supposed to. The gas was supposed to make them confront their um, their biggest regrets. Curse literally has zero regrets whatsoever. It doesn't affect her. Ugh, I don't like even that. At, yeah. Even <laughs> after murdering people, she has it doesn't affect her because she literally so, thinks it's right. So like, so she and then nature, she ordered the double that she ordered the double down at KFC and she was like, yeah, this is right. fine. And added the extra cheese and the extra chicken patties, just like there was all, like the, all that the cholesterol and artifacts that was not okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And yes, at first, I serving. thought that Nature Girl was going to, because it looked like she was succumbing to it. It looked like she was 
was harboring some regret, but it turned out that she didn't really have any regret. She regretted not killing the person sooner because she regrets <laughs> not taking revenge enough. Okay. This, this feels this feels like a passion piece by somebody who just really, really wanted to murder people and just felt like comics were the best way it is best outlet to remove that, <laughs> that angst. I okay. mean, the, the part that confuses me the most is that she keeps aiming for like what middle management? Like yeah. they're going to replace Bob <laughs> next week with Steve, and not Steve even middle management. Not even middle management. <laughs> um, she goes for mm. she goes for the low workers too, because when they first were at the oil rig, uh, so the the guys were work the, the workers were there they were doing their job. Um, apparently there were protesters there. They threw rocks at them, and oh. then they say, "We kindly, respectfully ask you to leave." <laughs> you threw a rock at them. And these weren't a tiny pebble. The dude didn't have a helmet or anything. Yes, it's a comic. I get that, but you, you, I'm, I'm just trying to show you the the um, how the scene went. Uh, this was a pretty decent sized rock, one that in our world could easily kill any one of us. Yeah. At the protesters, and they're, saying, and they're and they're going behind with that shit. Like, excuse me, mm. what respect is that? You almost killed a guy. And then the, the, the workers try to deal with the protesters, but then Nature Girl and Curse arrive, and Curse sets them on fire. Oh. And then Nature Girl brings out bees. To be that fair. Only attack, <laughs> that only attack the workers and leave the protesters alone. And to top it all off, um, after they kill all the workers, they eat their food. To be no. No, we've crossed the line now. Yeah, no. <laughs> that's like that's what that's exactly why I don't oh, like Chris Farley and Billy Madison. He ate all the kids' lunches. All right. <laughs> this is supposed to be a comic for kids. No, so right. there's a difference. Yeah. Uh, okay, like, so, so there's a, supposed to be for kids, right? When you said she Am attacks, right? when you said she attacks the lowly workers, I thought you like meant she attacked like the baggers at the grocery store. Like <laughs> when you said they were, she attacked the drillers. I was like, okay, that's totally different. <laughs> I'm not, I didn't say that. I, I wasn't saying it as if though she was only going for middle management or only going for the, yeah. she was going all across the spectrum. Yeah, that's, but, but starting, starting where she did. Yeah, it kind of leads you to think. Like, that's the oddest thing you could have gone for. Yeah, I mean, we, we've we all played zombie games, right? <laughs> you don't aim for, like, I don't know, the ring finger of the left hand. You aim for the head. Like, I just don't, I don't understand how, again, stabbing, stabbing Bob in the neck this week is going to make it stop. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, I, is it, it is it is such a, it's such a confusing comic. Who is this written for? Yeah, that's that's my question. Who went and decided, hey, this is a great idea. This will teach somebody. All it's done is try. All it's done is give the uh, the impression that the writer thinks. Unless you're explicitly 
fighting for climate change or fighting against climate change and for the environment, you deserve to die. And well, it should be right for people to kill you for it. I This might be a little four-dimensional chess, I guess, but like we are talking about how those people don't make any change and how only the people who like own the companies or are on the board or you know our upper management can really make the decisions that are needed to affect climate change like some rando buying something and sticking it in a plastic bag like that's what's available to, to you when you go to the store if somebody much higher up made the decision that we're not going to have plastic bags anymore or even if there was legislation to support it that would make a much bigger difference than people's individual choices and then maybe Bob wouldn't get, have to get stabbed in the neck. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I don't think stabbing Bob in the neck even has to come into question. You could have just got. Let me see your yeah. boss. Let's talk about. Let's talk about this because this is this is ridiculous. No, we're gonna go ahead and stab Bob like he might as but, well have choked the damn turtle himself. But what about the person <laughs> throwing the bag away? That would have been a better option than Bob. It ended up in the ocean that killed the turtle. By the way, the grocery store was in Nevada. <laughs> oh, my God. How did the grocery bag end up in the ocean? Drew, you, well, better, you better check on your family. Nature Girl's coming. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sad. <laughs> I get it. Krakoa is an island, but uh, what? Yeah, is it, it just seems kind of island? island like Skyloft. <laughs> oh my god! What's with what's with X Men? Uh, what's with X Men and their freaking islands? You <laughs> you got the one you got the one with Magneto. You got the fucking the, didn't they turn Alcatraz into one into something too? Alcatraz was an island already. Right, right. That was about. already there. But like they love they love their islands for some reason. <laughs> like, I don't understand. Maybe it represents isolation. I don't know, man. <sighs> Yet Hawaii and Australia are untouched. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, has anybody been watching the, the Game Awards or something like that? I did. I did. What did what did the Nintendo thing actually happen? Uh, so, uh, no, I didn't see that part, but I did catch who won, um, who won some of the events. I didn't like really look in the announcements, but I wasn't um, trying to. All I was concerned about that, in, uh, in case you didn't know, Leia, apparently there was rumors going around that during this year's Game Awards, Nintendo was going to reveal a final, final Smash Brothers character. Yeah, no. Oh. Hmm. I was excited about that. I'm like, please let this be true. <laughs> Come on, Orlando. You know it better. was from the official Nintendo of America, okay? So we're talking <laughs> about after Sora? Yes, after Sora. Okay. I yeah. I have to say I really like those announcement videos. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm gonna miss those. You really cut right to it. I mean it's a beautiful thing. All I got to say is probably my favorite was um uh what's his name from Tekken? 
Uh, Kazuya. Kazuya. Was Kazuya's announcement when he's just dropping people off the side of the cliff? Like, oh, fuck yes. That was amazing. <laughs> that was hilarious, too. And then Kirby you at the die. very end just kind of you floats die. away. Like, <laughs> Kirby was the best one because he was just one hand down you go. And Kirby's floating away. Yeah. <laughs> Aww, I, thought, I, thought, I thought that one you was can't hilarious. Kill me. <laughs> <laughs> not off the not off the side of a of a thing. Yeah. Um You oh, fool. So, I've killed gods for stealing my cake. What are you going to do to me? Metroid Dread <laughs> won best action game. Cool. Sorry, what? Metroid Dread won be- best action game. Well, action that adventure all the ex- that explains all the Sambo- the, the samus art online yeah and uh they ended up losing they did lost game of the year to um i forgot the name of it like partner or take two something it was a two-player game uh, i see it on twitch all the time it's um okay it's that's, a it's a co-op game with uh you have to do like different puzzles and stuff with the player it's not uh it's not unravel it's a different name uh, Phantophobia? No. Let's make it look it up now. Uh, game of Deathloop. No, Deathloop did uh was nominated for one. I think Deathloop. Oh, it, oh, takes, it takes two. two. It takes two. One. Yeah. I I saw so many memes of people like holding their holding two controllers in a configuration so that one person can play play the game. Yeah. <laughs> it was a it's a it's a very co-op game but i mean look at the other like it, okay there's three games on there that had a chance to win okay one it takes two the winner metroid dread psychonauts 2 ratchet and clank and resident evil village those were the games of the year like it was literally between metroid dread and it take it, i would i would have said resident evil village but it take two one hmm. um Deathloop won best game direction. Oh, that's what I was seeing. Okay. Yeah, best narrative was actually Marvel Guardians of the Galaxy, which is a game that I actually wanted to pick up. Oh, and uh, Deathloop won too, so they won <laughs> our art direction also. Uh, best score was Near Replicant. Uh, okay. Glad to see that. Uh... Oh, wait, no, that's the new one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, best audio I, was. I'll, I'll retract my statement. I thought they were talking about the uh, the first near, and I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. Okay. Way uh, to uh, give the score to a game that was made like ten years 10 ago. Ten years ago, yeah. <laughs> uh, best audio was uh, Forza Horizon Five. Best performance was Maggie Robertson for Resident Evil Village, which I'm assuming is. Um. She was Lady Demetrius. Yeah. Uh, yeah, game games of impact life is strange true colors i don't know what that is it's oh a cinematic movie nothing more okay All so this do. whole section games of impact for a thought-provoking game with a pro-social meaning or message like i don't know any of the games here boyfriend dungeon uh <laughs> chick chikori a colorful tale no longer home and before your eyes with the rest of that category. Uh, best ongoing game uh, was Final Fantasy 14 was the winner. We won't stop making it. Yeah. 
Uh, well, no, that's the online version. These are all online games. Apex Legend, that. Call of Duty, Fortnite, and Genshin Impact were the rest of it. Well, I'm surprised. I'm surprised Fortnite didn't win because of El Chapolin Colorado being in the game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, best indie game, which I thought was cool, was Kenna, Bridges, Bridge of Spirits. Um, 12 Minutes, Death's Door, Inscription, and Loop Hero were the rest of that one. Uh, best indie debut is that Kenna? Yep. Um, best mobile game was Genshin. Okay, here's what I understand: best mobile game, Van, uh, Fantasian, Genshin Impact, League of Legends, Marvel Future Revolution, and Pokemon Unite. League of Legends is not a mobile. I mean, they have a mobile version, but they're not a mobile game. Like, well, how it is? I guess the same with Genshin Impact. Best best community support, Final Fantasy fourteen. I don't even know why they call it Genshin Impact. It's clearly Breath of the Waifu. Breath of the Waifu. <laughs> best VR game. So there's five in this. Hitman three. Uh, I expect you to die two. Lone Echo two. Resident Evil four. Who won? And Sniper Elite. Look. First we had Breath of the Wild. Then we have Breath of the Waifu. Uh, then we have Breath of the Pikachu, and now we have Breath of the Hedgehog. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, uh, a new in a- Sonic the Hedgehog game was announced, and it's a free open-world game. Not, it's not free. I mean, it's yeah. an open-world game. So innovation and accessibility, Forza Horizon 5. Really? Yep. Dude, Forza Horizon, I was looking at that that audio one, they do some really cool, like they're pushing. You would you'd be surprised at how well they push some of the smaller stuff in gaming with these like car racing games. The audio is like apparently like spot on. Like you can hear the audio. It feels like more of like a 3D surround sound like type of effect. And I I guarantee they put out a pedal like an a pedal and steering wheel for people. It's almost like you really are crashing. Yeah, best best action game was Returnal. Best action adventure was Metroid Dread. Um, I think this was like Metroid's like first official victory. Yeah. In anything. Yeah. Best RPG. Uh, Listen to this. These uh, titles, because the one that won, I hadn't even heard of before. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077, which was definitely not going to win. Uh, Monster Hunter Rise, Scarlet Nexus, which I I have heard of, but I can't. I don't know where it is. Shin Megami Tensei Five, which I thought would win, and then Tales Arise, Tales Ari- Tales of Arise One. Yeah, that makes sense. I heard it's way darker, even the even more so than Tales of Berseria. Uh, and Tales of Berseria was already fucked up. So it's a Tales game. Yes, Tales it's a Tales game. Fantastic. I got to pick that up then. Um, you got to pick up your Animus. I know, right? <laughs> is it on the PS4, Orlando? Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah it's oh, it is? Yeah. Yes, okay, good. So. I'm going to have to get it then. Uh, best fighting game was so, Guilty. So I could not play it and have you pissed off at me for not playing it along with Berseria. There you go. Fair. <laughs> I don't even know what's the point. Guilty Gear Strive was best fighting game. Uh, it beat out Melty Blood and Virtual Fighter Five. That's not shocking. No, I've I seen I've seen the pl- the footage. It's gorgeous. 
Yeah. I mean, that's fair given the fact that Virtual Fighter 5 is like over 10 years old. Here's here's one that I was not expecting. I mean, obviously it won game of the year, but best family game. It takes two one over Mario Party Superstars, Pokemon Snap, Mario 3D World, and WarioWare. So people are obsessed for fucking life is strange, dude. What are you talking about? Life is strange. It, it takes two. You mean that one? Oh, yeah. No, I'm, damn it. I'm thinking of the developer that's got a similar name. Oh, yeah. So four out of the five games are Nintendo and the one that's not Nintendo one. <laughs> yeah, people were salty about that shit. Like Nintendo didn't even win. Like it had the best chance. Yeah. And you lose? Yeah. Best sports racing game with Hot Wheels Unleashed in the running there was Forza Horizon 5. <laughs> I mean, if your competition is Hot Wheels Unleashed, <laughs> you got issues. <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised Mario Kart wasn't in the game, but I it wasn't released it. this year, though. You have to think yeah. this year. Yeah. Uh, best sim oh, strategy yeah, but game. Virtual Fighter 5 was perfectly okay. I don't care if it got a re-release. It still was released back <laughs> 10 years ago. Yeah, I guess, yeah. <clears throat> Uh, best sim strategy game was Age of Empires 4. Um, it beat out Microsoft Flight Simulator. I heard those Microsoft simulators are really good. Uh, best multiplayer game um, was It Takes Two. And it beat out Monster Hunter Rise, New World. New World got a nomination, which is crazy to me. Knockout City uh, and Valheim. Content creator of the year. This was one of those is dream. <clears throat> yeah, uh, no, but okay. Um, best esports athlete is simple. I don't even know who that is. Yeah, best esports coach is coma. Uh, coach? What the fuck? Yeah, there's a coach. Best esports event. I'll give you an idea who won that one. Well, yep. League of Legends 2021 World Championship. Best esports game. Yes. <laughs> League of Legends. Wow. Best best esports team was CSGO. Uh Natus Vince. I don't even know. Vincere. Yeah. Most anticipated game. Elden Ring. Won over Horizon Forbidden West. Sequel of, of the uh, Legends of Zelda. Starfield and God of War Ragnarok. So now I got to check out Elden Ring. <clears throat> and that's it. Really? It wasn't the new Sonic the Hedgehog game? No. Sonic's getting uh, a new movie, too. Did you see that? <laughs> Dude, that, uh, movie, that movie preview looked awesome. It did. Dude, Knuckles did. literally made Sonic his bitch. Anyway, what were you saying, Leo? Oh, no, I was just going to point out that the, the weird... The weird seeming esports team name is yeah. apparently born to win just in Latin. Oh. Okay yeah. then. Not a Spencer. Yeah. Subtle. Subtle. I mean. <laughs> only if you don't know Latin, I guess. Uh yeah. Yeah, I I don't understand the whole team thing, but I mean I guess there's it's good for a category. Or coaches. Okay, so idea. isn't Knuckles Idris Elba? What? Yes, I believe so. Okay, cool. Uh, I was talking about his voice for the, the stuff. Oh, you know what? Who I want to see? I want to see Shadow. 
I mean, if you're gonna do knuckles and you're gonna do, you have to do tails now. Yeah, they did tails. They, they are did doing tails. tails. That's right. So yeah, you have to do shadow now. You have to. Yes. <laughs> that means Amy has to come along, and I'm not happy about that. <laughs> you you can deal. You can deal. You can deal. I will not deal. <laughs> <laughs> I have to I have to stand up for Amy because because Arya really does like Amy so that's fair I'm not gonna harp on somebody who I'm not gonna harp on a, a character that's beloved by a friend of mine that's fine okay just wanted to put that out there <laughs> unless it's me then he'll just give me shit for the rest of my life only because uh, it's Pokemon <laughs> and you're obsessed. <laughs> I still can't believe I did that to myself. I instead of raising Gardevoir, I fucking went for Garchomp for the for the uh, Elite Four, and I'm like, it would have if I would have just taken Gardevoir, <laughs> it would have like made my life a thousand times easier. But no. Oh boo. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, what else we gonna say? Angels of uh, Angels of Death finished finally. I finally finished that for the Warhammer Plus app. Um, I have one episode, literally one episode of Arcane left. Oh, I started Squid Game, and um, now I can't watch it because I can't watch it alone because uh, me and the wife started it. Oh, and then, I know yeah. that for you. And, then, and then she's asking me questions and I'm like, I already know how it ends. And she's like, well, I guess I'll just watch it alone. I said, just because I know how it ends doesn't mean I watched it. <laughs> I'm like, I just yeah. can't answer your questions because I'm kind of biased at this point. So which, by the way, all of the spoilers and all of the little Easter eggs that were brought up to me had no effect on me watching it because I was still shocked by some of the shit that was happening. Like. <laughs> What were we talking about? Squid, Squid game. game. Oh, okay. Yeah, I finally started that. You enjoying it so far? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's pretty good. Worth. I mean, we're only three episodes in. It's actually like. It's kind of. It's fucked up. <laughs> Obviously, it's fucked up. But well, it's no like shit. It's like battle royale. But yeah, but it's. Oh man, up. there's certain like there's things that like people don't spoil for you which is I'm kind of glad it didn't get spoiled for me, but like the whole second episode is like a lot of the background story on a lot of the people that are like some of the main characters. And you're like, Oh, holy crap. Like none of these people are good people. <laughs> like, holy shit. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's, that just makes it all the better. Don't you think that means you don't really have to feel too bad for any of them if they end up dying. Yeah. But, but they also, they also bring in the, like how they got to that point. So you feel bad for them and you understand why they're bad people. <laughs> it's, it's so messed up. <laughs> it's a good it's psychological a experience then. Oh yeah. Hands down. <laughs> oh, and it's gory as fuck. You want to talk about like, gory like so my four-year-old ran into the room while we were watching it we thought he was upstairs with my oldest playing video games and he comes running downstairs as people are like getting shot <laughs> and we're like don't look at the screen he's like so he's doing like you know the blinders where he just like he's still looking but he's not looking sideways <laughs> and he's like he's like i don't like this he's like i want to watch blippy <laughs> we're like okay dude like hold on let's, let's get past this <laughs> Like the, these are bad people. Like, this is not okay. He's like, I don't like this. <laughs> I was like, you shouldn't. <laughs> so, so bad. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm with him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just he just, just happened to be walking in the room as it was happening. I was like, oh god. I'm like, all right. I, I'm like, I would have much rather had nudity at this point instead of the freaking. <laughs> Oh my god, that reminds me of whenever uh, basically all my friends uh, one St. Patrick's Day at my very dry campus in college uh, all wanted to watch the Boondock Saints together and <laughs> I did not really want to do that so I just spent the whole time giving everyone Sharpie tattoos. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, I don't really want to watch this. I guess I'll just listen to it like a What's like the weirdest, like the weirdest podcast audiobook ever. Oh man, <laughs> we had him. Uh, we so we he was originally covering his eyes, like he had his head down in his eyes. But then, like when I looked back over at him, he had his like hands open, but they were on the side of his eyes, and we're like, that's not like it defeats the whole purpose. <laughs> oh boo! Yeah. So yeah, whatever. <laughs> he was like, I don't like this. I'm like, all right. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh. I just traumatized my own child with a Netflix show. <laughs> I mean, you didn't know that he was going to toddle on in at that point. Yeah, that's so. true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> He's very vocal about things. It was funny because uh, we were trying to get him to go to bed the other night and uh, he, my wife calls him over and she's like, he's like, um, he's like, I want to watch video games. I want to watch Nick play video games. And we're like, all right. And then she's like, well, what if I get scared? He literally stops dead in his tracks, like took three steps back towards the door. And he's like, daddy's literally next to you. <laughs> and I go, and I go, I go, hold on. I was like, what if I get scared? And he goes, parents don't get scared. I was like, okay. Whoa. <laughs> I was All like, right. bruh. And I was like, you need to either stop growing up or get your shit right. Cause you're about to have some words. <laughs> <laughs> Parents don't get scared and just so yeah. serious like that. Oh huh? my gosh. He was yeah. <laughs> this kid's been a trip lately. He's got some he's got some stuff, man. You didn't get the memo. Parents don't get scared. Like yeah. I I know this. I just want to remind you. Like <laughs> yeah. This is coming from the kid who's get who gets his ankle taken out by your dog. I don't know what to tell you. Well, he's getting better about it. She's getting better about it too. She's actually calmed down a lot. So, um, did you say that the last time? No, no, it's like it's better now, except for like guests. Guests, she's not okay with, but uh, she her training is going a lot better. But okay, it sounds like animal cruelty, but it's not. I bought her a shock collar, but I put the shock collar on and shocked myself with it, and it's not bad. (laughs) Like, it's not an actual shock. It's like you know, those you know, those machines where you grab onto them at the carnival and then they vibrate to a point, and then you're just like, I can't hold on anymore. Like, you can set it to, like, the lowest setting. So it's, like, it startles them is what it does. So we've been okay, using... What kind of dog? It's part Labrador, part Doberman. Okay. So it's it's six months old now. She's six months old now. She's okay. hyper as shit sometimes. But she's better now. So, like, I've gotten to the point where, like, I can get her... She knows sit. She knows uh, house where she just runs into her crate. Uh, she knows uh, paw, and she's starting to learn lay down. Oh, okay. Um, I'm working on that with her, but I'm also getting her to do, like, the... Um, I had the food in my hand today, and I was doing the... kind of walking her around in a circle, um, and then stopping, and then having her walk again, and then s- sitting, um, trying to get a little bit more of, like, the actual training, like... They yeah. do for like working dogs. I'm not trying to make her a working dog. I'm not that kind of a. I, I don't dog train, but 
I'm trying to get her to be, you know, responsive to what we're doing. <laughs> sure, so, sure. No, um, because I think because she is, a, she's part Doberman. She likes to, she does this weird biting playful thing. Like when she gets like excited, she won't bite you, but she'll put her mouth around like your hand and stuff and your arm, but she won't oh. completely bite down, but she looks like she's trying to bite you. So if you don't know her or you're not like with that kind of like dog usually, but I guess that's a normal trait for Dobermans. I've seen other Do- oh, Dobermans like play fight like that, and they do all do they all act the same, have the same exact reaction. But she does stop though, so she doesn't get like overly excited. So like if she gets overly excited, I can like pull my hand away and say sit, and she'll calm her. She won't calm herself down right away. She'll still have that like antsiness, but she'll sit down and then like wiggle. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, but yeah, she she knows like when to stop. And she knows when it's too much. Okay. Um, but yeah. But I always have my four-year-old every time she like tries to like jump on him because she doesn't have, the, she has restraint with food like her food, but she doesn't have restraint with her toys yet. So like my son will hold up the toy and she just she won't give him time to like throw it or he'll hold it too long, and he's like she bit me and, and all in real all reality she her nails are long and just scratched him. <laughs> like all right, well. <laughs> Like she didn't bite you, and then I gotta have that fight with a four-year-old. Yes, she did. <laughs> but yeah, so the I don't really the shot collar thing. Like I had to. Uh, she's been biting my freaking kitchen table, and oh, so we've been trying. Like I've been trying to get her like no, and then she, like, with her crate, in the middle of the night at like two a.m. Like, I'll get up and take her out, and then I'll come back in, and then she'll just start barking. And I'm like, no. <laughs> like, no. So we're trying to crate train her overnight because we don't want her sleeping in the beds because I haven't trained her to stay in her bed upstairs. So we don't want her in the... She's a big dog. She's, like... She's huge. Yeah. She's, she's like, bigger than my... T- she, her Like, her waist is already up to my knee. So... Oh, yeah. I believe it. Yeah. So she can, she can full-on put, like, almost... A third of her body onto my kitchen table right now. Like she's gotten that big. Mm. So we don't want her in the bed. So until I can train her to stay in her bed, which apparently takes a while to do. <laughs> I just <coughs> haven't done it yet. But yeah, so we um, I got a question for you. Are you are you sending her to the crate just randomly throughout the day? Yes. Okay, good. I just wanted to double check because there are some people that only do that when they're punishing the dog or only do that at night and then the dog doesn't really associate it with like a protective place of comfort and then they're confused why you want them to stay there all night. No, um, so you're, when you're she, doing the right thing. Yeah, when she gets yelled at now, um, like because sometimes she'll just go off and try to chew on a shoe or something or like the table and you give her that like that high pitch a or like whatever it is um sometimes she'll tuck her ears but if you're walking towards her she'll tuck her ears and then like do that like walk of shame into her her own crate but i never tell her to go in there as a punishment okay that's good <laughs> yeah that's good as long as she's going in there of her own volition and you're just leaving her alone and she's in there then that's fine yeah she used to put herself to sleep in there uh just recently though she instead she'll go and sit on like lay down on a chair instead but she used to, like, a couple months ago, even up until last month, she used to, when we were just eating dinner, she would just walk in and lay down and go to sleep. Like, she would put herself to sleep in there. 
Oh, that's funny. Okay. So, yeah, she hasn't done it like a lot, but the other thing too with the crate training we try to do is like Monday, not Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday are days that I'm supposed to be at work and so is my wife. So we have a dog walker that comes and walks the dog uh, every like three hours or so. So we've been trying to keep her on the schedule Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. So she has an idea, like, yeah, we're still at home and she knows we're home because she lets us know that she's <laughs> we're at home, but we try not to react to the, the barking or the whining um, to keep the time schedule so that when the dog walker does come back, like she's on that schedule and she knows that she's going to be in her house at those times. So Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm very invested in like dog training. I haven't done a ton of it myself, but we did we did have a lot of success with my dog growing yeah. up. And I just find that, you know, if you actually train your dog, then other people can enjoy your dog. And it's just a good thing all around. Oh, she's super hyper around anybody that's like new. She doesn't like she took off and ran after the uh, Uber Eats guy the other night. Like she ran oh, out no. the door. She ran up, jumped on him. He pet her, and then I was like, hey, get back inside. And she just took off right back inside. She, like, she's like, I just wanted okay. to say hi. And I was like, she was just, she's like overly excited when new people show up. And I'm like, how do I fix this? Oh, no, that's like, I mean, that's her age, really, yeah. at that point. I mean, well, all you can do yeah. is try to fix the jumping. Oh, ask, ask Drew and Lando. <laughs> she freaking like mobbed them <laughs> when they were here last time. Uh, so, she yeah. likes to chew. Yeah. So how how big is she at this point? She's just over twenty pounds, but she's like tall. She has that okay. like she has a lab face, but a very slender Doberman body. Okay, I gotcha, I gotcha. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, the problem is, I mean, as you scale uh, the dog. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had a friend who did not really train her dog not to jump, and. Her dog was a boxer mastiff mix. So the dog weighed almost as much as I did and then just like jumps on everyone. And I'm probably one of the taller people in my friend group that would visit this house. And it was just like untenable. Like we were like, we like you, but why in the world are you allowing your dog to just like jump all over us and it can cause like real damage? Uh, it was not great. <laughs> yeah, no, so I looked up how she has another six months of growing to do. Um, <laughs> female Doberman, Doberdors is what they're called. They could, she could be another mix. Um, we, we're not getting her genetically tested because <clears throat> she just, she has two big dog traits of she could end up with hip dysplasia and cataracts, which is just what we have to like view, but she sits almost perfectly. She does have that issue sometimes where she turns her hips, which I try to get her to fix when she's just sitting. But mm-hmm. um, she, if she's going to have anything, it's going to be hip dysplasia later on. But um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> she's got, uh, she should end up around anywhere between 60 to 80 pounds. Okay. When she's fully grown. 80 is like the top end where like the males start. Like the male's low end is like 80 pounds. Problem is, I don't think I'm feeding her enough. And I don't know what it is. Like, I overfed her. Ask Drew and Lando. We had to cancel a podcast because of this. I overfed her, and she ended up getting sick. And I oh. had to not feed her for 24 hours just to, like, fix her system. <laughs> so, um, and then, so I scaled it back. She's at two and a half cups a day of food. 
And for the 20 pound weight, that's right. But she's a bigger than what most 20 pound dogs are. And when I feed her, when I, after she has dinner and I feed her, she goes flying around the house looking for food. Like that's when you catch her jumping on the counter, jumping on the table, like begging for food. And we don't really give her table food. So I don't know where this is coming from. But I also don't want to overfeed her to that three cups a day that got her sick the last time. So, right. So, yeah, I don't know what to do now that we've talking to dogs. We're not, I'm not a dog trainer. Don't take anything I say as fact. This is just me as an amateur. But I am I, I feel like I'm going to pay for um, training because I don't have a fenced in yard and I want her to be able to take her out without a lead and just have her run around the yard and then come back. You know, I want I, I want an invisible fence to work <laughs> is what I want. Yeah, that's fair. So. Yeah, I always I always feel like training or like some sort of obedience course, especially if you guys keep it consistent at home, is a really good idea. Yeah. Well, that's the other um, thing too is that, like I said, t- Monday or Tuesday, Wednesday, th- Fridays, no one's really going to be home. So, but most of the time now she's able to, she's able to wander around the house with us, and she lets us know when she needs to go out. She's been very. She was potty trained within like. We got her at two months. By the time she was like three months, she was already potty trained. So, and she's been very consistent about it and telling us. Has she had mistakes? Yeah, because like there's times where like I just wasn't paying attention and then next thing you know, she's peeing all over the floor. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, she's been very good about like barking and telling us, hey, I need to go out. <laughs> so. Okay, well, that's that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, when you say like two and a half cups, are you talking like, like a standard cup measurement, or are you using something else? To measure no, standard cup measurement. Okay. She gets right, uh, and- she gets one cup in the morning, um, at about like six six thirty, and then she gets uh another cup and a half at about six thirty seven o'clock at night. Okay. Because I mean, just my frame of reference, I own. Uh, I owned a Shetland Sheepdog slash um, American Eskimo, German Spitz, whatever you want to call it, mix. And, um, you know, medium size when she was a puppy, like we got her when she was around six months. And so we fed her like two tuna cans of worth of food, which is like five ounces of dry food, like twice a day. And then at a certain point, she stopped eating for... I, either breakfast or dinner she's just wasn't eating it she was letting it sit in the bowl so we just went to feeding her once a day and that's like a 20 to 29 pound max dog so yeah so she you're probably good yeah i I mean so they said during from what i've been reading even from what the vet told me puppies will eat more because they're growing so quickly so some puppies, depending on how quickly they grow, will get up to like three, four cups of food a day. Um, mm-hmm. But then when they hit that that year mark, then they start getting scaled back. So at the year mark, you'll end up back at like two cups a day type thing. But as they're growing, it, it I don't know, like and, and no one will give me a straight answer on how much to feed her. Like, if she's still looking for food, then feed her. I'm like, yeah, but last time I ran into the problem, she ended up having, like, shitting all over the house. <laughs> and I had to, like, and I had to stop feeding her for 24 hours. Like, I can't do that again. Like, that was miserable. Like, <laughs> well, and I'm wondering if you, I'm wondering if you can't, um, 
I'm wondering what would work. I mean, if she's looking for food, yeah, she's... maybe you could create like an additional routine where you like give her a treat after dinner. Oh, she gets like... she gets treats throughout the day. So um, she gets medium treats, uh, medium dog treats. Now she's at the twenty pound mark, and they're like full on like big dog treats. They look like. So um, okay. when she goes out to the bathroom from her crate and comes back in, she'll get a treat. Um, and then she'll do that two times. And then before we go That's to bed, sweet deal. <laughs> yeah. And then she'll get another two uh, at the end of the night because she'll go out to the bathroom, come back in, go to her crate. And then at around like 1130, 12 o'clock, which she probably didn't I'll probably have to go right after this, take her out. She'll get another treat um, to go in and out. So like, she's we don't have to give her that treat it's not to like get her in the crate because she knows the second she comes back into the bathroom i take her off the leash she just goes right to her crate and she'll sit there and wait for the treat now so like she she's expecting one now (laughs) um but she doesn't need one to go in there that's the the kicker so okay interesting yeah so you're saying that you are giving her treats after dinner then yeah yep okay well i'm i'm almost wondering if spacing out I mean, like, not giving a treat every time would, I mean, giving it sometimes yeah. to, like, keep interest, but it obviously isn't a motivational factor for her. Like, she no. just does what you <laughs> yeah. want anyway. Um, I'm just not, I've never heard of a dog, like, running all around the house looking for food after I they just ate. kid you not, like, I put her, I put, I put, thing. and I gave her one of those, like, maize bowls, so she has to eat slower. I put right. it down. She's eating more food than she is in the morning, a half cup more food. And then she'll finish, drink her water, and literally start sniffing the house. And then she'll run towards the table and like jump up onto the table to look to see what's down there. She even puts her head into the sink now and looks to see what's in the sink. Oh. Yeah. And it's okay. And she does it right after she gets done eating at night. Every time. <laughs> range okay and she knows she gets in trouble for it too because she gets yelled at for it (laughs) well yeah (laughs) because she's a crafty bastard yeah (laughs) like what the hell are you doing (laughs) yeah i gotcha yeah i don't know i think it's just like the puppy stuff but like she's calmed down a lot like i'm talking about a lot i got her riled up the last night for like the first time in a while and she took off like running this dog needs to run. I'm telling you, like I have to get her trained to, and like have her have a callback thing. Cause I don't have that yet. she doesn't answer to, she doesn't, she, if I say come, she won't follow. If I say let's go, she won't follow. Um, go has been turned into her word to release for food. So like, uh, I'll put the bowl down and I'll make her wait a little bit and then I'll say go. And then she'll dive into her food. Um, oh, okay. as like a restraint type thing and she's so restrained that like if I don't say go she will sit there and like try not to look at her food and just start drooling like just dripping Aww. drool yeah <laughs> so like she's got that part down so good yeah um, this the, the boxer mastiff mix that I described earlier also had a running issue and just with that with the sheer brute size of this dog uh breaching the electric fence was a very real problem uh because then we're trying to come back and we're getting zapped coming back in um so then we don't want to come back in and then we don't want to come back period so um 
my friend is, you know, trying to catch her dog. But of course, running after the dog means that the dog thinks it's a game and continues to run away. So my other friend who volunteers at an animal shelter had the brilliant idea of laying down and pretending to be injured. (laughs) And the dog immediately came right up and was like, oh, what? What is going on? Can I help? (laughs) This looks this looks pretty bad. (laughs) And then we just we just managed to just uh you know cicada trap the dog pretty much. Nice. I got I got dragged by a hunting dog once because we let it out of the crate because we just needed to let him run around and then we were told by like my uncle, hey go grab the dog. And this dog you could see its muscles. Like it was a ripped dog. It was literally made for hunting. So it was kept outside all the time and it was like for hunting deer and stuff (laughs) this dog came flying past me i got my hand on its collar and it dragged me for 50 yards (laughs) i was like oh (laughs) i was like all right how old were you um i was still i was about two two fifteen ish i was in like high school when it happened okay so yeah okay yeah 215 pounds getting dragged across the yard by like this dog could not have been more than like a hundred pounds. Could not have been right, but just so. like made of muscle. No oh, god, you. it would it would walk and look like it was flexing. I was like, all right, <laughs> I was like, stop showing off. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, my dog is it's quick. Like if I can get my dog to do agility, like that would be ideal for me. Because like I th- this yeah. she she. she has this pointer look like when she's like in the yard it's like so she hears something she does the one foot up in the air like leaned forward and i was like oh that is like perfect <laughs> like what are you doing to me and then when she right. runs she gets this like long like body like her head's down like she gets all aerodynamic about it and she goes flying like oh oh that's awesome yeah but uh, she only does it in the house so <laughs> she gets like maybe th- three four good strides and then she's sitting in a chair or like trying to turn on the wood floors <laughs> oh yeah that's rough yeah and she doesn't run like that on, on leash so like if i ever on the 50 yard lead outside she won't take off like that which is weird <laughs> yeah but yeah that's my dog <laughs> yeah Oh, that's good. Well, I mean, I think you really will see an energy shift. It is not going to seem immediate, but over time, you know, you'll get there. Six months is like really early. Oh, yeah. I mean, really early. <laughs> we were pretty sure that my dog was never going to slow down. And um, I mean, I took her to the vet one time when she was 15, 15. And people were like, how old is your puppy? And I was like, <laughs> uh 15 and then a year after that you know that's when we that's when we lost her it was like a very sudden thing um and it was just like this is wild you just like you know stopped on a dime and that was it like yeah (laughs) okay you know and some dogs are like that but i think think my dog will see over time my dog has to follow me for at least a half an hour and then just kind of leaves me alone like, it's weird. Like, if I'm standing in the kitchen or walking around the kitchen, she has to follow me for, like, at least a half hour before she, like, walks away from me and plays with her toys or whatever. 
So like, I think you good. You good. (laughs) I think she has some like anxiety or like uh, separation anxiety issues, which Labradors are known for. (laughs) So like, I'm like, oh, come on, don't get all the bad shit. Like, give me the good stuff of the breeds. (laughs) (laughs) So that's a that's a known quantity for labs. Yeah, some labs and they, they feel the need to always lay on you or always be touching you. And it, it she does that. Like if when I sit down um, like on a chair, she has to either jump into my lap, which she's too big for now, but I still pick <laughs> her, which I, I still pick her up for. Um, or she sticks her paws over my knee and just sits there and like has to be touching me. Or I found out, too, like if I'm sitting there and she'll grab her toy and chew it like on my foot, she has to be like laying on my foot. It's it's oh. so weird. But like I said, after a half hour, she'll just leave me alone. She'll just go randomly do something, go sit on a chair, like go play, go run around the house or something like she. Right. <laughs> but at that first half hour, she has to has to be near me. <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. All right. And you guys, you guys want to talk about more dogs? <laughs> Drew, Lando. <laughs> no, I think you beat that into the ground. <laughs> I love my dog. I'm glad you do, my doggo. But, uh, I am dead exhausted, and I'm think I'm gonna bid you all adieu. Okay, we Sounds are at, we are at the two hour mark. So if you guys want to end, we can. All right, <clears throat> all right. Uh, y'all have a wonderful night, Leia. Uh, say hi to Arya for me. Yeah, I will. I will. Good to talk to you, Lando. Likewise, y'all take care. Night. 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 Could have at least snored one time on the 50th episode. What the hell? <laughs> Why you got to make it weird, Jay? Why you got to make it weird? <laughs> uh, well, are you guys want to talk about anything else or, or are we good for this one? Well, I mean, um, it was supposed to be the year end you know, uh, recording. So, I mean, I think yeah. we've covered a decent amount of the year. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, we had two what two gaming awards. Um, the games that we were kind of hyped to see kind of lived up to their expectations for the most part. Deathloop did at least. Um, Pokemon, in general, Pokemon release season. We'll have hopefully we'll have another one before it gets released. We should mid like you figure early January, mid January, right? Are you talking about for Arceus? Yeah. Well, end end of January for Arceus, but we should have another podcast before that happens. Well, yeah, I figured I figured that since we're doing the year end, we were we were going to start back up in uh, the beginning of January sometime. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, easy peasy stuff. Yeah, and Leah, you're more than welcome to join us at any point if you feel feel inclined. You don't just have to show up just for the year end uh, <laughs> records. We do appreciate you being here, but you are. You are more than welcome to join us. Okay. Yeah, that this does seem to be the time that I joined. Well, <laughs> okay, so this to be fair, this is Drew's fault because we were gonna be in person and then he goes, Do do we ha- do we bring Leia on for the year end? And I was like, Is that a thing that we do? And he's like, She's been on the last couple times. I was like, Really? Is it really is that a thing that we do? And then I was yep. like, All right, well <laughs> so He's the one the keeping track. <laughs> the first year end, we had Arya and Leah in person for the record. Yeah. For for the year end. Yeah. The second one we did over over uh, 
Discord when we were recording then, right. and we're doing it over Skype this time. So I mean, like we we, we I feel like we've gone through all the modes here. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> the progression of the podcast much better sound this time around though. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, but yeah, thank you very much for having me, and uh, yeah, I'd be happy to jump on another episode. Oh, I uh, forgot. If it all works out. I forgot to ask you, how excited are you for Ace Attorney? Uh, Ace Attorney, very excited. Uh, great something. <laughs> I yes. have been playing through uh, the Ace Attorney franchise since um, since it I started probably early pandemic in 2020, um, and I'm currently on uh, Miles Edgeworth Investigations, and I'm hoping to uh, play Investigations too at some point. Spirit of Justice, I already bought. Um, so yeah, really excited about, um, the new one. Yeah. I was about to say, cause I was like, it's not out yet. Maybe I should ask. <laughs> so, cool beans. Yeah. Cool beans. Yeah. I've been, I've been playing that and I've been playing a fair amount of, uh, uh, like visual novel type stuff. I finished up, uh, the house in Feta Morgana on steam. Uh, I think it was earlier this year. Um, and I've, uh, I bought limited run games, uh, like collector's edition, which had a few of the other games that were made by Novectical. Uh, so I've been playing those on the switch and it's been, uh, it's been a really good time, really amazing art music, uh, really compelling dark story. So yeah, all good. Nice. Excellent. Yep. All right. Well, uh, I think that is our year. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening to 50 episodes of our bullshit. Um, <laughs> here's here's to another 50, and hopefully maybe we'll get 50 out next year, um, and then we'll just make it a 50-year. Uh, is that even possible? I don't think we released 50 this year. I think we released, like, 30 this year. How? What would we need to do to do 50? It'd be one a week. Yeah, no, that's not happening. All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, here's to another 50. So um, between like breaks and stuff, we won't hit 50. We'll probably hit 30 again next year. So, um, yeah. Thanks for everybody. Thanks for being here again, Leah. And um, as always, stay sexy and go fuck yourselves.